ESPN Radio. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty. That's right. We are presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app as well as ESPN Plus. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Should LeBron James finally take some responsibility for what has gone wrong with the Lakers? Because it doesn't seem like LeBron has been in any kind of a hurry to do that this year. And last night, the Clippers took care of business. And for those who wonder sometimes if, in fact, you can get a player to really start to understand the fan side of it, you can. And the proof came on this show earlier when noted Lakers fan and co-host Chris Canty. Chris, we need to get you to a Laker game so and have you sit front row so you can yell at LeBron and Trevor Reza and Russell Westbrook and have those guys yell back at you and I'll get caught on video. I don't uh, have a look, problem doing it. Chris, I have you, no problem doing it. <laughs> I have Chris, no you're issue. 100% All six, right. 340 it's, pounds of me will be courtside to yell at him and let him know how much of an embarrassment it is. And don't talk to me about LeBron James being at the top of the league in scoring average. I don't want to hear it because it doesn't matter. You're a team that's one yeah. game in front of the New Orleans Pelicans for the tenth spot in the in the Western Conference. It's ridiculous. The fan came out, and it was beautiful, and it was glorious. You see, even listening back to it, you you look angry. I hate my team, <laughs> and I hate that they have me in this position right now because I shouldn't listen, be here. As a fan, there is nothing worse than being in that position of hating your team, and we have all been there. Well, here's the thing, and I and when it happened this summer, I said, you know what. Russell Westbrook, It's. I'm curious to know how it will work when him and LeBron James are on the court together, but I thought that that was a need in terms of finding a guy when LeBron James is on the bench that could be the primary ball handler, create offense for himself and others, being able to get players involved, get Anthony Davis the ball, et cetera, et cetera. That has not been the case. Russ hasn't developed into a guy that can facilitate the greatness of others when LeBron James is off the court, and when LeBron James is on the court, Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. Russell Westbrook is lost. He's absolutely lost. At this point, I'll take Russell Wilson. It can't be worse than Russell Westbrook. I'll take him. Will, will the Seahawks do a trade? Because I'd love to do that. Let's just see how that'll work out. But I hate this team, Carlin. I hate him. And to hear Westbrook do what he did last night at the post-game press conference when he goes out there and says, well, I don't have any expectations on on a team. I don't come in with any preconceived notions. You're playing on a damn team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. The expectation is that you're going to compete for a championship. Vegas has you guys as one of the favorites in the Western Conference to win a chip. You know why? Because you're rolling with a guy in LeBron James that's been to the NBA Finals how many times? 10, 11 times? That, that's what it is. He's got four championships. And at this point in his career, that's all it's about. Unless he's serious about the whole playing with Bronny thing, but that's all it's about for LeBron James. So why would you not come in with any expectations? I've been a professional athlete for 11 years. Played in the NFL 11 years. There was not one season where I didn't have the expectation of trying to compete for a championship. Only one losing season in 11 years in the NFL got a Super Bowl on my resume. You always go into the season with expectations. So for him to try to sell us on that, days after he tried to sell us on him not taking 
his pr- pr- production or lack thereof home. I, I just, I've had it with this guy. Stop putting a camera in his face. And quite frankly, stop putting the Lakers on national champ, national television because they don't deserve to be there. Last point, Carlin. When it comes to LeBron James, I heard the conversation this morning. I don't know if it was on Get Up or First Take, but you know I always watch the shows. And somebody floated the idea that maybe the Lakers should shut down LeBron James. Well, he's got some swelling in his knee. This team is not really going anywhere. The ceiling is a first-round exit for him. It might have been Big Perk. It might have been Kendrick Perkins. And I love Kendrick Perkins. But damn it, LeBron James put this team together. Let LeBron James wear this embarrassment. He's earned it. You want to run this team along with Clutch Sports and Rich Paul? You want to get your guys on the squad? You believe in your basketball genius? No matter what's around you, you'll find a way to make it work? Well, damn it, you hadn't found a way. But you know what? As a Lakers fan, if I've got to deal with the embarrassment of watching this team night in, night out, then he should have to bear the embarrassment of being on the court and being a part of it. I want to peel back the curtain for a moment, if I may. I'm going to welcome in our producer, Devin Kane. Devin, it appears that after the initial explosion's not the right word, um, outburst, should we call it an outburst I from earlier? I think that's fair. yeah. Yeah. Uh, a, frustra- a frustration a boil that went over the top, that we have uh, potentially opened a wound that over the last few hours had begun to scab over. Is that an accurate description? Yeah, I think we I, we kind of felt that this might happen, too. And there's, he, Chris Canty, as I look at him right now, is, is sitting... And I look, you went to Virginia, you're an incredibly smart guy. Is the word despondent fair at this point for how you're feeling? I don't know. I don't know if I can boil it down to just one emotion or one feeling. Yeah. that That's how frustrated I am. And I'm not putting too much on it because I'm invested in this team. I've been rooting for this team since the late 80s with Showtime and Magic. Matter of fact, the only thing as a Lakers fan that I have to look forward to this year is watching the start of this docu-series that HBO is doing called Winning Time, yep. going back to the Showtime era of Lakers basketball. Because it for damn sure ain't this team. And I don't care that they might get in the play-in tournament. It doesn't matter. Even if they win and get into the play doesn't matter. This team is, is grossly underachieved. Now, Carlin, I will say this. If I had to bet it, hard-earned money, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think so either. And, and, and I didn't imagine living in a world where we would have a month left in the NBA regular season. And we're talking about not only the Brooklyn Nets, but the L.A. Lakers, two teams that were supposed to be on a collision course to the NBA Finals, not even being in the postseason. Okay, so I'm going to call, I'm going to chalk this up to a learning moment for me. Okay. Because this is a few days that we have worked together and right here, I, I, in some ways knowingly, but didn't exactly know exactly how far I was going to go. I pushed a button. I opened a wound. And I didn't mean to necessarily slice it as open as, open as it turned out to be. But um, apparently I, I poured a little salt in it, too, by bringing it back up. And I didn't mean to do that. But I think we're all richer for the experience. Well, here's what I'll say. I know my pain is your entertainment. 
But, well, to but, a degree. But, but, but moving this thing forward for my team, yes. I'm in a position now where I legitimately have to question, is there a path forward with LeBron James? Well, I can answer that for you now. I No. Like, what is it? What is it? When, when you, uh, similar to Durant with the Nets, when you have hitched your wagon to Kyrie Irving and LeBron decided this offseason, when everybody knew it was a mistake, you know what I'm going to do? You know who our guy is? I'll tell you who our guy is. Russ. Russ is our guy. Everybody knew. Chris, you can't tell me, were you at least skeptical at the time when they brought Russ in? I was more skeptical of this being the oldest roster in the NBA yeah. over the Russell Westbrook. I, I was skeptical of the fit, mm-hmm. and I am no genius when it comes to this stuff. And I think a lot of people were, but last night you listened to Russell Westbrook. You talked about what he said. I, frankly, I don't know if it did it justice. Let's hear it from his words from himself. Listen to Russ. Everything's the opposite of what you envisioned. Has that been hard for you, especially considering your stature, your credentials, to to absorb? Um, what did I envision? I suppose I would imagine some wins. I mean, you said, based on what I envisioned, I want to know what you think I envisioned. I would but I mean, you envisioned coming here and winning a championship, or at least being... Is the season over? It, it, oh, God. On... Is the season over? No, sir. Oh, stop. I had no expectations. Uh, last four years of me, I've been on different teams four times. So my envision of kind of thinking everything going to be peaches and cream, I don't. That's not realistic. That's not life. No, that's not life. Yeah, Give we know it's not going to be easy. Oh, no, first of all, first of all, Come on! you play professional sports. The $40 million check that you're getting this year is compensation because we know it's not easy. That goes without saying. That's a part of the job description. We know it's not easy. But but the responsibility is to do your job at the best level to help this team compete for a championship. And you're not doing that. Own it. Own it. Just be accountable. I suck this year. Our team sucks this year. At least LeBron James came close. At least LeBron James says, you know what? The L.A. Clippers are a better team than we are. He said the thing that we all know. I don't know why Russell Westbrook didn't get the memo. I don't know why Street Clothes doesn't understand. <laughs> but that's where this Lakers team is right now. And Carlin, I've already resigned myself to the fact that they're not going to do anything this season. But what does 2022-2023 look like? Is LeBron James a part of that? Is Anthony Davis a part of that? Is Russell Westbrook a part of that? Is the organization best served with running it back with this trio. Because I, I can't look at what I saw this year and just dismiss it and say it's because of injury or it's because of newness. I can't. It's been that bad. They can't. And it it, it makes me angry to hear a player talk like that, and I'm not even a fan like you are. Like if a player on my team talked like that, I'd go ballistic too, and that is mind-boggling. What expectations? What was I thinking? Dude, if you're not thinking about winning a championship when you're playing with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, why are you even playing besides the check? Tune into ESPN's daily podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, review ESPN Daily, available wherever you enjoy your podcast. All right. 
we're going to give Chris a chance to just, you know, chill. And I'm sorry that that got to the point that it did. But here we are. And I can't do anything about it now. It's in the <laughs> rear view. And it's chalk it up. You're not losing. You're learning. I'm going to see say. if my blood pressure can go down during the break. <laughs> up next, how many teams in the NFL actually have their quarterback situation figured out? This answer is really it's going to surprise you. It's next. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. You really, really, really think about it. Not as many teams are settled at their quarterback situation definitively as you might expect. It's Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, ESPN Radio, and on your smart speaker by saying play ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and, you know, you look around the league. You just go down the list of teams, and we did this earlier today. Of the teams that are 100% settled for the foreseeable future, meaning the next two to three to four to five years, at the quarterback position, if I just ask you that question without thinking about it, what number would just come to mind? Just first number that would come to mind. I would say half the league, so 16 teams. Out of the 32, 16 teams feel like they have a path forward with their quarterback spot. And when you really look at it, the teams that are locked in, the number's actually more like six, maybe seven. We we are going through them earlier today, and our producer Devin King came up with this. The, the list is basically pretty short because you're talking about the Bills with Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford. Then, if you really think about it, I mean, if you wanted to throw Lamar Jackson into that conversation, you can, but he hasn't signed his long-term contract yet. So what exactly does that mean? What other team right now definitively has the answer at quarterback for their organization for those next three to four years at least, at minimum? Chris, like, the list is not nearly as long as we would imagine it to be. No, it's not. And that just speaks to the volatility that we've seen at the quarterback position over the last couple of off-seasons. Now, I know a lot of people will try to explain it a lot of different ways as to what could be the root cause of it. To me, I think it's about these players recognizing their agency and understanding the value that they bring to the table. And we'll say this, quarterback is the most important position in all of team sports. And so these guys are aware of the power that they wield over these organizations. That's why when you see a situation like Aaron Rodgers, it's not surprising to hear Brian Gutekunst say that we're going to give Aaron the time and space that he needs to be able to figure this out. It's not surprising to hear Matt LaFleur echo those same sentiments. That, That doesn't surprise me. It didn't surprise me when Dak Prescott got that $40 million a year contract after he was coming off of multiple ankle surgeries. It wasn't a surprise for me. Quarterbacks understand that the rules of the game are tilted toward them being highly productive players. And so I understand when a quarterback doesn't have the sway or doesn't have the level of influence that they're looking for, how they will use the potential for free agency, how they will use the potential to withhold services, 
as leverage in order to create a situation where they believe it's favorable for them to contend at a high level. But think about some of these other teams where you're like, well, you're not being fair to this team. This team. All right. If the Vikings had a better option than Kirk Cousins, would they go with it? Yes. They absolutely would. Yeah. If um, we didn't have what happened with Kyler Murray the last couple of days, he'd be on that list. Yeah. I think firmly he'd be on that list. But that's an example of a quarterback understanding the importance to the organization. Absolutely. Because that's and why, trying the, to cash in that's why the GM and the head coach just got contract extensions through 2027. You might say Derek Carr. Well, why are we always talking about Derek Carr moving on from the Raiders? Why are we always talking about the Raiders moving on from Derek Carr? Because before this season, people speculated that the Raiders could do better than Derek Carr. And he's got one more year on his contract. And there's, we just yesterday were bringing up the idea if there's a place where Tom Brady would ever consider playing besides uh, Tampa, if he did come back, where would it be? And that was one of the two places. Yeah. So Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. The Titans are always going to be looking to upgrade over Ryan Tannehill especially after what happened in a playoff game, throwing three interceptions that ultimately cost them a game. Here's the bigger thing, Chris. Is this so much more of a bigger issue in the league now than it ever has been before? Yes, but the owners created this situation. They recognized that the players, the marquee of the league is the quarterbacks. And this is going back to when Tom Brady got knocked out in week one by Bernard Pollard of the Kansas City Chiefs. They were missing a big hole. They recognize how valuable that individual is to the league, their entertainment product. It's built around offense, and offenses today in today's NFL go the way of the quarterback. So that's the marquee player. That's what they're selling to the fan bases. And if you don't have that guy and he's not producing, if he's not throwing for 300 yards and three touchdowns, then the entertainment value of your game takes a hit. And so, yeah, you got to have one of those guys in order to win. The players are now in a position where they're recognized. But you know why else they're in this position, too? Because they change the pay structure to their benefit, and it actually works against them. And what I mean by that is the last time that we had a quarterback at the top of the draft that got paid the massive money, the massive money was Sam Bradford. Yeah. Right? They don't pay the quarterback right away. When you have that situation, it can't be two to three years and that's it. Those guys were getting four and five years because we've already invested so damn much in them, we don't have a choice. Now, they can bail a lot easier. And some guys take longer. They're not all the same. Some guys are going to take four and five years and, frankly, maybe... There were a couple of guys along the way that had that ability to to really grow later, and I think we've seen it with Tannehill where it took longer. They don't get that chance anymore. No, because no, no, no. and I granted it's the benefit of the owners, but in that way, it's actually worked against them. Too. No, you're right, and you're seeing it now a little bit with Kyler Murray because he wants to get paid now. He wants to recognize his real value, and I just saw a flash across the screen. Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks both reiterated that they want to run it back together, but the GM John Snyder saying we're entertaining trade offers for the second consecutive offseason. <laughs> Carlin, make that make sense. Make it make sense, big fella. It's called CYA. Carlin Canty right here on ESPN Radio. Up next, Coach K is getting ready.
to coach his last game at Cameron Indoor Stadium tomorrow night. We're going to tell you who's joining him on the Mount Rushmore of college basketball coaches next. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. ESPN Radio. Saturday, Carolina Duke, which should be in Coach K's final game at Cameron Indoor. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. And listen, this has been the popular way to go about things over the last several years. The Mount Rushmore. <laughs> How do we put a Mount Rushmore together when you start talking about Coach K and the other great college basketball coaches that belong on Mount Rushmore. First of all, can we both agree that Coach K is on Mount Rushmore? He's on Mount Rushmore. Okay. Now, he's not the greatest coach. He's not number one on Mount Rushmore. He's not the George Washington face. That belongs to John Wooden. Right. Yes. We both agree that John Wooden is on that. Okay. Yes. So then let's talk about some of the other names that would be on this. Okay. Adolph Rupp. Which I, I listen, admittedly for the two of us, a little hard it was to quantify. Before, it was before our time. Yeah, a little hard to quantify. Yeah, but but re- understanding what he meant to college basketball at the time and JoJo White and all of that stuff. Like like there was Adolph Rupp was I mean, he's got the Pat Riley teams. Like there's there is something different about Adolph Rupp. There's a little bit of magic when it comes to what he meant in terms of the emergence of college basketball on that national stage, that national prominence. There's a reason why the building that they play basketball in in Kentucky is Rupp Arena. Yes. There's a reason why. He's got four NCAA championships. You can't take that away from him. The thing I would say is when I evaluate these things, I go by one rule. If I didn't see it, it didn't happen. So that's how I'm going to evaluate it. That's where you're going to roll with it? Okay. It seems fair. That's your business. <laughs> no. That's your business. Listen, I didn't see John Wooden in any of those championships, but I know how dynastic those UCLA teams were. Oh, that's true. I was alive. But I didn't see them. Yeah. All right. I, well, know, how, I know how dominant they were. Uh, there are the other names we're going to bring into this. Gino Oriema, Jim Calhoun, Jay Wright, Tom Izzo, Pat Summit. If we were asking which one does not belong, I would say Tom Izzo. For as fine a Ooh. coach as he is, he's not in that caliber. He's not with those other guys. Those other guys. Izzo's talking- got three, doesn't he? Does he have three? Does he have three or two? How I, many? I, I thought Izzo had one. I, let me double check. Anyway, I thought Izzo had one. Wait a minute now. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of all the Final Fours. Yeah, I know there's a ton of Final Fours, but I I was only aware of one championship. Help me out now. Uh, Michigan State. Uh, I'll double check. It I know. I know thinking. Jim Calhoun has three. Right. Jay Wright has a couple. Pat Summit has eight. Gino Ariema has eleven. I, I mean, you know. Now, he's only got one. You're right. The other one was in 79. I, the, the other one was Magic. Yeah, so, I mean. You, All right, you know, Izzo's out. Izzo's out. Right. Izzo's out. I don't now, know why I thought he had three. Now, for, for me, the magic of the Carolina-Duke rivalry and Dean Smith and Coach K going at it all those years, and then Dean Smith, you know, coaching that 81-82 Carolina team with Michael Jordan to a national championship over Georgetown. I have that. That was a moment for me where it's just like, that team has to be on there. Here, here's that where, team has to be there. Here's why I always loved Dean Smith, because as you and I could sit there and talk about championships and all that, one of his great quotes to me of all time was the day after they won that championship, and it was his first, he said, 
I did not all of a sudden become a better coach today than I was yesterday. And he's right. Yes. He's absolutely right. Absolutely true. Yeah. The only person that could stop Michael Jordan. Are you putting Dean him Smith. <laughs> are you putting him on the list? Are you putting him on Mount Rushmore? Is he on my Mount Rushmore? Wooden? And then uh it, it, my Mount Rushmore would feel Coach wrong. K. My Mount Rushmore would feel wrong without Dean Smith. So I'm rolling with John Wooden. I'm gonna go with Coach K as number two. He's probably my Abraham Lincoln on the Mount Rushmore. And then uh, I'm going with Dean Smith, and then we've got to figure out what we're doing with the last one. Can I add, can I add in a, a, a selection here? And yes. I know I know there's no uh, Roy Williams without Dean Smith, but Roy Williams has three national championships and nine yes. Final Fours. He does, he does, and we didn't bring him up, and we need to bring him up. Um, I'm putting Roy in front of Dean. You're, you're wow, what? that's you're what I said. What? I'm putting Roy in front of Dean. No, you're out of your mind. Am I? You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. How? You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. I mean, if you did do it, Roy Williams would be the Teddy Roosevelt of Mount Rushmore. Okay, but he's still on it. He's still on it. I but mean, I mean, he doesn't have to be George. Just, yeah, but he doesn't belong with the other guys. I mean, you're talking about George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and Abraham Lincoln. For goodness sake, All right, Carlin. You, you want it? Here, it? here it is. Here's the list. I'm listening. It is absolutely wooden. It is absolutely Coach K. It is Roy. It is Gino. That's my list. With a very, and, and I know that this is heresy, but in five years, I think the answer uh, will change. Strong consideration because of where he did it to Jay Wright. I will go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go John Wooden, Coach K. Dean Smith, and I know this might not be a popular opinion, probably going Pat Summit. Well, it's not that that's not. It's I'm probably hard to argue I'm probably that. going Pat Summit. I'll tell you what: over a thousand wins, eight national titles down at Tennessee. Just where she did it at matters too. Yeah, that matters too because you're in the heart of the SEC. It's not exactly like they're checking for women's basketball in the era that she did it in. But she made it, she made it bigger than what a lot of people geographically would make it. You know what she became? A presence. Yes. Pat Summit became a presence. Yes. I was at a game in 2002 at a Tennessee football game against Rutgers, and she was being honored halftime, and I was on the sideline. And she is one of those people, Chris, I don't know how many of them you have, but when she was walking off the field somewhat near me, I was like, holy crap, that's Pat Summers. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you know what I mean? exactly what it and, is. Yeah. And there are very few people that, uh, all right, we get a little jaded being in the industry. We see a little bit more, but holy crap, that's Pat Summers. Yeah. She was a presence. And no nonsense. Yes. Like most, all of these coaches are no nonsense, but I, I just, it, it was a larger than life figure when we started seeing the emergence of women's college basketball in the national landscape, like people really starting to pay attention to it. She was a big reason why. She was Gino before Gino, and then Gino out Pat summit her, summited her. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I he, agree with he that. He took it to a whole nother level, and that's why, that's why I have to put him in front of her, just because, not just how amazing of a coach she was and he was but the level of dominance 
we have never seen like that in in any level of sports. That's fair. That's fair. We have never seen that. I I don't think you can go wrong with either one of them as coaches, and there's a case to be made that both of them belong on the Mount Rushmore. But my my Mount Rushmore, I feel pretty confident about. Yeah, and I think that I've been unjustly attacked here for my Roy Williams. Yeah, the Roy Williams one, I don't know about. I don't know about that. What don't you know? Well, here's the thing. If you think about Carolina basketball, do you think that anybody that's a fan of that program would think that Roy Williams is a better coach than Dean Smith. <sighs> exactly. Well, it's not just about that. It's no, about it is he, about that. No, it it's about, about that. It's about it, what he it, did at Kansas, is, too. No, but it is about that. It is about that. That matters. It, that it, matters. That absolutely matters. And he left Kansas because he Carolina is his alma mater, but number yeah. one. But you're talking about that program at the time, the prestige, being a little bit better than where Kansas was at. Listen. There was no question he was going to take that job, but he accomplished more to me than Dean did. He accomplished more to me than Dean did. Okay. There it is. You just gave me a look like I can't help. Yeah, I I don't know what you want me to do. I I have no words. I want you to take the take and understand it's fact. That's what I I want you to do. No, it's not. I'm not going to do that. We're not going to do that today. No, No, it's not happening. Up next, does it really matter if a kicker is in the locker room for halftime? Well, the one team that played in the Super Bowl, it actually does. The weekend preview brought to you by Geico. Switch to Geico today and see all the ways that you could save. It's actually not the first time that it's happened in a Super Bowl, and it happened this year. Who knew? We'll tell you about it next. Carlin and Canty, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. Who is the most despised person in the National Football League? Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, ESPN Radio. Let's get to it. It is time, as it always is, at this time of the show, for some three and out. Hit it. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is... Three and out. Bet Online's staff conducted a study. They went through a million tweets on Twitter with keyword association phrases like I hate Aaron Rodgers, Antonio Brown sucks, blank Roger Cadell, <laughs> Cam Newton is horrible. Those kinds of things span the month of December. 107,379 negative tweets toward Antonio Brown, but he's not the most hated. 266,850 negative tweets for Aaron Rodgers. Why are we surprised by this? Not only only the behavior from Aaron Rodgers over the course of the last couple of years— but you are talking about a guy that's estranged from his family. Yes. I'm Nobody su- likes him. I'm surprised by one part of it, that What's it that? happened in December. If it was if it was in earlier last year, if it was like during the offseason, or if it was like this month, I would totally get it. With well, how, is he, how is he a more likable figure just because he can play football and he won back-to-back MVPs? We knew he was good at football. It's not even more likable. It has more to do with... The hot topics. I would have thought there would have been a lot more tweets around it. But, like, I, I, 
I wouldn't think during the season that people would say, oh, Aaron Rodgers sucks. Well, he he did it to himself, though, Carlin. Yes, he did. The whole immunized scandal. I'm immunized, being cute with the media. Like, like listen, it's hard to top the spectacle that was the Antonio Brown walk-off in MetLife Stadium. Like, I mean, I've never seen that, never heard of a player doing that. But Aaron Rodgers has this smug attitude, this, this, this I'm better than everybody else and I don't have to answer to anyone even when I know I've done something that might be misleading or might be wrong. Can we admit that what he did with misleading the media was wrong oh, yeah. when it came to COVID protocols? That was wrong. What he's doing right now to the Green Bay Packers, while he's well within his rights, it's wrong. And I think that's the part of this that doesn't sit well with a lot of people. So not surprised that he's the most unlikable figure when it comes to the NFL. You're right. Screw that guy. Evan McPherson <laughs> staying on the field for the halftime show during the Super Bowl. Bengals special teams coordinator Darren Simmons was asked about it, said it's still a sore subject. He was out there with Clark Harris, who is their long snapper. All right, Kenny, any big deal or no? It shouldn't be a big deal, but it is. And you know how football players are. You can't tempt the football gods. You can't tempt fate. And everybody, including the specialists, should be in the locker room. Now, it's not like the Bengals would be there without Evan McPherson, but it's just one of those things. Why would you do it when you know you should be in the locker room? I don't think it makes a difference because it's the kicker. He's not breaking down the X's and O's. He's not doing any halftime adjustments. All he does is kick the damn football. That, that's what he does. So I don't need him to necessarily be in the locker room for that. But being separate and apart from your team and watching an epic halftime show and then finding yourself on the losing side of Super Bowl 56, I get why it doesn't sit well in the locker room. Yeah, I don't know if I would love him being out there and almost getting on stage for still with Dre. I, I don't yeah. know about that. <laughs> yeah, but if I was out there, I would absolutely do that with uh, Dre. I would, yeah, too. I would absolutely And do. it would look completely yeah. embarrassing for me. Yeah. Uh, Washington Commanders... Call it due diligence. Inquired with every NFL team about their starting quarterback. They called the Chiefs about Patrick Mahomes' availability. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was a short conversation. But what happened with the Washington Commanders, all they're doing is trying to put this out there to let their fans know, let the media know that they're doing everything they can in their power. But just, just what is it's that? It's ridiculous. What does that package it's look like? It's ridiculous. But before we get out of here, Carlin, I got to check you on your Mount Rushmore. I had a friend of mine, my trainer down in Charlotte, Alan Tyson, Dean Smith is over Roy Williams on the Mount Rushmore, integrating college basketball with Charlie Scott. Fair. Absolutely, Dean Smith over Roy Williams. All right, start scrubbing Roy off. Roy is gone. Yes. Roy is adios. It's all Dean. It's Canty Carlin on ESPN Radio.